I just straight up don't get this team. But you're happy. Yeah, I'm happy. Oh, okay, good. You really sound it. Let's go! Give me what I want! Kick down the door! Drew, you are not doing this! What? Not nice! There's a giant hand! You hear yourself! I made like 2,000 of these. I'd like to have fun. With you, wherever you are, welcome to LFR. Ziggy, I, I'm done trying to figure out what this team's all about. I really am. I, uh, um, just don't ask questions. Leafs! Leafs win! There it is, Vic. Found it. 3-1 over the Carolina Hurricanes in a game they super should not have won. On the second half of the back-to-back -back with travel as the road team. People are talking about how it's an amazing win on the second half of a back-to-back, -back, and every team has to deal with the second half of a back-to-back. -back. But this is the second half of a back-to-back -back with travel as the road team, and the Hurricanes were rested. They didn't play on Saturday night. Not to mention the fact that the Leafs are playing their third string goaltender because their second string slash first string goaltender got hurt, and the fifth Stringer signed a contract last night so that he could travel, which I'm sure was a hilarious visual. Him getting rushed to the plane, having to duck as he shakes hands with all his teammates, because I don't know if you know this, Keith Petrozelli is automatically the tallest leaf at six foot six. That is that is a big old dub. And I am happy that they won, but I certainly wouldn't have bet that they would have won. Wow, that's called a transition. Wanna bet? You can do it at Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Did you think the Leafs were gonna beat the Carolina Hurricanes on the second half of a back-to-back -back despite the fact that they lost to the Montreal Canadiens, the Arizona Coyotes, San Jose Sharks, and Dan, I'm done! But you could have done it at Sports Interaction, live in play, before the game, or on one of their many prop bets. Made for Canadians by Canadian Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Visit Sports Interaction and see all sports betting has to offer. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. Sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. 19 plus, Ontario only. Please play responsibly. Now, I'm going to be real with you. I had a tweet that I got dunked on for. And I can explain. At second intermission, I said, bananas this game is tied after two. The Leafs have looked great. To which Tim responded, are you drinking? Leafs had five shots in 30 minutes of play. They finally woke up and started shooting. Which I thought was rude. And no, they didn't start the second period very good, but they got better as the period went. And I thought they looked great heading into second intermission. But part of the reason I thought the Leafs looked great is I found out about this game with six minutes to go in the first. I was eating chocolate birthday cake that my toddler picked out for my mother-in-law when I looked down at my phone and saw that the Leafs had been scored on, which I I thought was very strange because they're not supposed to play for another two hours. Turns out this game is at five o'clock! And yes, because of daylight savings time, you know how much we all love it so much! Daylight savings time, that's still less than 24 hours after the last game began. So it's second half of a back-to-back -back with travel on the road against a rested team less than 24 hours after your last game began? There's like a 20-hour turnover between the, the end of last game and the beginning of this one? A lot of the responses I saw was everyone has to deal with this and none of them were maybe they shouldn't. Listen, I've never tried to put together the 82-game schedule for a 32-team league, but that seems 
unnecessary and they should avoid it at all costs. So no, I'm not shocked that the Leafs looked bad in the first period, but I did do my research and caught up. The Hurricanes outshot the Leafs 11 to four with Eric Shelgren in net. That's quite awful. Part of the reason for that is the Leafs had the only penalty of the first period. That was Justin Hall for cross-checking. I, I bet everyone was real happy. Speaking of Justin Hall, after last game against the Bruins, Matthews had two goals. There were some great plays that really stood out and went viral from Mark Giordano. And John Tavares, after that game, gave the MVP belt, or whatever you want to call it, to Justin Hall. And I'm not saying the Leafs won't trade him, but I think they're going to move heaven and earth to avoid it. But I'm sure fans were rather upset when the Leafs allowed their only goal, the only goal that they allowed in this game, on the penalty kill after that. And who gets the goal? Stefan Nason, a blast from the past. He was included in the three-way Nick Felino trade between the Leafs, Blue Jackets, and Sharks, coming to the Leafs from the Sharks, basically to make the money work. And here he is on the Carolina Hurricanes power play. Now to be fair, even though it is the same person with the same name and the same body, we're talking about two completely different players. Here is the season that Stefan Nason was traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs. He played five games with the San Jose Sharks, 12 games with their AHL affiliate, four games with the Marlies, and one game with the Leafs. Last year he joined the Hurricanes organization and he only played two games in the NHL, didn't have a point, but in the AHL in 70 games he had 48 goals! 48 goals, 85 points, 120 12 penalty minutes, what a monster! And 25 points in 18 Calder Cup playoff games en route to a championship. Well, anyway, that's why that former Leaf, who was barely a Leaf, was on the Carolina Hurricanes power play. And even though I'm extraordinarily happy the Leafs got two points out of this game, of course that's who scored. Of course. I'm half surprised it wasn't Frederick Anderson. But okay, so I find out about the game and I'm all caught up. And I see that Lilligren was hurt and part of the reason, by the way, that goal went in is Lilligren blocked a shot and got hurt. He did miss a few shifts, he took a little spin, decided he was okay, and he got back in the game. Should Shelgren have hugged the post a little tighter? Yeah, maybe, but there was chaos in front of the net, in part because of an injured player. So we go to the second period and the Leafs gotta find a way to dig themselves out of this. And the discourse continues, and talking about the back-to-back -back and narrative. But as the second period's going on and people are focusing on that, I'm like, the, the Leafs are, is, is anyone seeing that the Leafs are not only in this game, but improving as it goes? In a period where there was one penalty apiece, the Leafs outshot the Hurricanes in Carolina, 12 to eight in the second. Finally, with exactly 90 seconds to go in the second, they get one. It starts with a great depth shift from the Leafs, really hemming the Hurricanes into their own end. But a big reason this goal happened, maybe the main reason this goal happened, is Justin Hall completely sacrifices himself. And I can't show you the footage, but I can show a screenshot. Here we go, Justin Hall on the right, and I believe that's Calvin DeHaan on the left. They're going for the same puck. It's right between the E and the C, if you look at the word connecting. Now what you can't see really in the screenshot is Justin Hall is closer to this puck, and he's moving faster. He is going to get to this first. He knows that, and DeHaan knows that. Because he knows that, and DeHaan knows that, Justin Hall knows he's gonna win this puck battle, and that he's gonna get flattened by DeHaan. Because DeHaan's like, I'm not gonna get this puck, but I'm gonna wreck this human being. And oh, is that exactly what he does? Hall gets blown up, but 
the puck stays alive and it stays in the zone. Now you might say, well, Justin Hall's dumb because he was at the point and he, if he gets hit and knocked down, then there's no one at the point and the Hurricanes can rush it up the other way. Again, look at the situation. Hall pokes this thing. It's going to Engvall. He's, Engvall's going to get to this first and with room. He's going to get this no problem. That should give the Leafs possession and in the event of a turnover, it should give them enough time to recover and if not completely negate the two-on-one, then just get rid of it altogether. But that's not what happened. It led to the Leafs continuing to hold on to the puck. Kelly Arncroke gets the thing on his stick, spins around, very ironically like a hurricane, and completely snipes on Frederick Anderson. Paul's first assist of the season, extremely hard earned, Engvall's first assist of the season, great shift, and Cali Yarncroke, his third goal of the season. Some people have been criticizing the Yarncroke contract and yeah, over $2 million for four years when the team doesn't really know where to put him is kind of weird. But I gotta say, he's performed pretty well for a guy who's played basically exclusively in the bottom six never with the same teammates either. The team needs to figure that out around him. And, and I think it's a work in progress that is actually progressing, but he's done pretty well individually. And then the Leafs had to intermission, second intermission, and it's tied. I didn't want to get too cocky because at the end of the day, the Hurricanes could go, all right, we're rested, they're tired. We, we, we're, we're at home. We're gonna dummy these guys. We're gonna win the thing 6-1. Even though that could have happened, I was kind of, I was kind of happy. There were incredibly good vibes. Except, even though that goal went in, um, it maybe shouldn't have. And the Leafs were really struggling to get scoring chances. So Sheldon Keefe just put the Leafs in essentially a magic bullet. Kerfoot with Matthews and Nylander and Nick Robertson, who was in the lineup in this one with Tavares and Marner. While I do like Robertson with Tavares and Marner, and we'll get to that in a second, I, I don't know Keefe's allergy to putting bunting with Tavares and Marner. Or with Tavares at all. I've been talking about that line for weeks and I'm just gonna stop because it's very obviously not gonna happen. I do like the kid getting a shot. And this goal, while beautiful, absolutely beautiful, is the result of little things. Little thing one, Hurricanes try to enter the zone. Whack! TJ Brody pokes it off the stick. Little thing two, the puck was supposed to go to Zach Aston Reese, except the Leafs were in the middle of a line change, so he had to get off the ice as fast as possible and John Tavares rushes in. Look at Tavares' stick! Look at how he's holding it in his right hand, that left-handed stick he's holding in his right hand. <laughs> the puck <laughs> is behind Calvin DeHaan's right foot. How? How does he get this? How does he get this and properly tap it to Nick Robertson? How? Well, the answer is he doesn't actually. The Hurricanes tap it back up ice, but Tavares says, yoink, nope, I'm gonna make up for it. Which the Hurricanes very obviously did not expect because they gotta do the, the like the Bugs Bunny, the Flintstone screech. Then that's where the sexy parts of the plays start to happen. That's where, where the stuff that makes the highlight reel happen. Nick Robertson gets it, he gets the entry, he tries to pass it over to Marner, but it's picked off not enough for Marner to not get a stick on it. Marner with the delicate, just softest hands. Taps the thing to himself and sets up. Like, look at this, look at this! Someone look at this! I talked yesterday about how the Bruins left Matthews open. Look at this! Pess you don't know Johnny's getting hot with his hockey shot? Sniping on goalies? Ew! The little thing king wears his crown and the Leafs 
miraculously have the lead. And with the Hurricanes greatly outshooting the Leafs in the third period, it ended 11 to five, which is only one shot's difference better than the first period. The Leafs fully enter, hold on to your butts mode. And it's working and it's not working great, but it's working. With less than four minutes left, the Hurricanes pressing. They, they are beating the Leafs first line of Kerfoot, Matthews, and Nylander, it's very random and very odd, but it's its what it is right now. Leafs, after battling, get the puck. Matthews has a choice here. All right, I'm gonna, we've been out here for too long. I'm gonna make the safe play and I'm just gonna get it out. To which an exhausted William Nylander says, hop on boys, I got this. Knocks the puck down to prevent the icing. IQ on a hundred. Chips the puck past Jacob Slavin. IQ on a thousand. The picture perfect stick lift. Skills on a million. And then he like barely flicks the thing, but it goes in Freddy on LOL. William Nylander. All hustle, all heart. Teams in the middle of a line change. He does it all himself against Jacob Slavin. That is one of the best defensemen in the National Hockey League. He did that too at the end of a shift. Willie, you, how, how? Because you're William Nylander, that's how. I didn't need to know the answer, I knew it. And despite getting outshot 30 to 21 on the road, second half of a back-to-back -back with travel, then less than 24 hours after playing the number one team in the National Hockey League, the Leafs with Eric Shelgren and Nett, who stopped 29 to 30, by the way, and did not allow a goal at even strength. They hold the fort and they win! Let's go! The biggest win of the season since the last one. Questions. This isn't a question, but I liked it. Like myself, I assume you're not convinced this is the team that goes far postseason. However, these two games are exactly the types of wins needed for postseason success. Gritty, greasy, and defensively competent. Yeah, dude, like, there are numbers to suggest the Leafs outplayed the Bruins. They did not outplay the Hurricanes. But sometimes... You gotta get survival wins. You gotta win games you don't deserve to win. And let's be honest, the last bunch of game sevens the Leafs have played, they did not deserve to win. Definitely not the Boston ones, not game five versus Columbus, not game seven versus Montreal, and I'm still salty about the penalty to Justin Hall in game seven last year. I will never not be salty about it. I will always be fully seasoned about that. But I would have been perfectly happy. I would have settled for garbage performances that got you two points against those awful teams that I'm still mad about the Leafs losing to. I wouldn't have been over the moon. I still would have known that there's work to do, but two points is two points. Make no mistake, even though the situation the Leafs were in tonight against Carolina happens to other teams, you never expect those other teams to win. Whenever they do, you go up, you go, ooh! They, they, they weren't supposed to win this game. They weren't. Get four of four this weekend is enormous. Aside from the wins, what's different this week versus last Sunday? Is it swagger? I don't think it's swagger. I think it's discipline. It's just discipline. Um, I don't think it's that they're cocky or confident. They're, <laughs> they have a confidence. It's not necessarily a swagger, but what they had before was they looked quivering and terrified and were gripping their sticks like 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 it was giving them life. So maybe not swagger, but the absence of fear of impending doom. Is there a point of understanding this team? Maybe that's what this channel is about. Maybe the end of this channel is I finally get it. Maybe that's it. Well, I, 
We're not going to be there for a while, I don't think. Because I think I still won't understand them long after they win. And they're going to win. They are! Ooh, and I want to end on this one. Are you going to pay eight bucks a month for the blue check mark? So what he's talking about is the blue check mark on Twitter, meaning you're verified because apparently old Elon is going to charge for the thing. And can I just say, probably not? And I've talked to people about this, like, well, Steve, you work in media. Like, maybe it's worth the eight bucks a month. First of all, maybe it is. I mean, it's eight bucks a month. It's whatever. But, um... I just don't wanna, and I feel like that counts for something. And also, if you wanna see a little behind the scenes, this is the last 28 days on my channel and how people find my videos. It's over half browse features on YouTube, suggested videos, channel pages, YouTube search, shorts feed, uh, and then there's 3.1%, which is external, which means apps like Twitter, but not exclusively Twitter. So maximum, Twitter is 3.1% of my viewership. It's probably less, like one or 2%. Meaning if I have a video that hits 100,000 views, Twitter was responsible for 2,000 of those 100,000 views. And keep in mind, my Twitter account has over 200,000 followers. Listen, Twitter has its good and its bad. Right now, it appears to be burning to ash. And I have a hard time reconciling paying $8 a month for an app that was previously free and is currently getting worse. They laid off all the staff and expected things to get better. I think I would rather spend my $8 a month on hockey cards, frankly. Speaking of which, I just saw that the Bruins have parted ways with Mitchell Miller, so that's what Twitter will be talking about right now. Bro, they signed that guy on Friday! Cataclysmic! Wow! Okay, let's end it here. Podcast tomorrow. That is it for this one. Thank you very much for watching. Click like if you like this video. Click subscribe if you really liked it. Tell all your friends that sometimes you mess around and two days later you find out aggressively.